0: a fun year. Wasn't it a fun year? I know when we started uh, 2021, uh, COVID was all the way behind us, and so uh, we knew that 2021 was going to just be this great year where <laughs> everything was normal, uh, and then it wasn't. But... It's really fun to see how God can still move and, and work in and through and around us. Um, and uh, we really believe. I love the words on that song of live like you're loved, act like you've been set free. We are a church uh, where we want to remind ourselves constantly of just the as Matt started off, the perfect love of Christ. that is where we put our hope as imperfect people and uh in that perfect love that never lets us down so uh that it's fun to look back and to see all the little things that god has was doing and in and around us this last year so thank you for being a part of that uh this is uh if you are a guest with us or maybe you've been here for a long time this sunday for us we call it our vision sunday and and let me tell you the fun how this started There is a legal requirement as our organization that we have a once a year annual meeting where there's a budget vote. Doesn't that get you excited? That just, that just is the kind of stuff that makes me go, oh my goodness, that's awesome. I can't wait. Let's do an annual meeting. Well, part of that is, is there is a legal requirement, but we said, no, we don't want it to be just about checking a box and voting. What we want to be about is what is God inviting us to walk into and step out in faith as a church? What does that look like as we, uh, and, and the vision and budget is, is a tool and there's this legal requirement, but it is connected to our trusting God. And uh, the cool thing about this church is it's been here, uh, Seacoast has been around for about 34 years now. And um, this building has been here even longer. And if we think back of the, the history and the legacy of this property, no, it wasn't built as an apartment building. It was built as a church many years ago. And, and somebody years ago, had this forward thinking to say, we're going to build, we're going to buy this property right next to this strip, this road that one day would become I-5. It was not that at the time. And step out in faith. And it's fun to see how many people have accepted Christ through the ministries on this campus. How many people have, have seen their lives turned around? How many addictions have been broken? How many marriages have been healed and saved? It's, it's, so many. And I think when we talk about vision, we're saying, God, we just trust you to do more of that. We trust you to do more of that. So that's what this morning's about. So aren't you excited? This is our annual meeting. Isn't that exciting, Al? Yes. All right. Uh, but it really is about vision. You know, I uh, sent out a letter about a week ago in, uh, about the vision and budget, and I was thinking of this year and reminded of the Israelites when they had spent 40 years in the desert. And as they spent the 40 years in the desert, they had these great moments of faith and they had these great moments of failure. These moments where they trusted God and they had these moments where you looked at them and you thought, how could they be so dumb? They literally see like the presence of God in this flame, and this cloud, and he parted the Red Sea. Like that to me would be faith-building moments of life, would it not? To have that, and then the next day be like, I don't know, let's go back to Egypt. We're not sure if this God thing is real. Like, you, you walked through the Red Sea. What, what's wrong with you? But it was this moment of 40 years where God was shaping and working on their hearts, who was giving them a vision for what it meant to be the people of God as they entered in to the land that what it meant to be the people of God who could trust in the goodness of their God, to trust in his presence even when things were hard, trust in his presence when things were good. All of that was this building, this training moment for them. And they, they got to the edge of this Jordan, the Jordan River, which if you've been to Israel recently, it can ruin the story a little bit because there's a lot of irrigation now. So the Jordan River is like 15 feet wide where they crossed. And sometimes I look at that like that didn't take much faith to do that. But think of, at the time, there was, it was much wider. It was big. And here's the thing. They were asked to cross it. Now, you could say, well, what faith does it take to cross this river? They could find a way, right? I'm sure they could have got everyone across. But it took them the moment where God said, I call you. And I want you and the priest who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which represented my presence. And I want you to step into the water holding that. Now, the significance of that is God's presence would go before them. You're going to risk something. You're the first ones in. What if it's too deep? What if you the one thing you don't want to lose is the presence of God? You don't want to drop the ark. You lose a few kids, no big deal. But not this. But that's to exercise your faith, to step out into the water first. To trust that I will show up. And I will stop the flow of the water that you may all cross. It was this moment for them where everything they had believed, they had to put into practice. And so when we think of a day like this, which, you know, it's not like the whole church is changing tomorrow. But what we want to do is be a church that is stepping into the water. That says, God, you are preparing us to be the people of God in a community that needs the hope of Jesus. And sometimes that takes us to say, you know what? We want to risk something. We want to step into the water and believe that you go before us. It's not our brilliance. It's not our plans. It's not any of that. It's resting on you. Amen? And so that's what we want to be as a church. That's resting on the goodness and the power of God. Among us. So that's what today's about. Um, and we're going to go f- through a few things. I want to just remind you a little bit of our purpose. So, why do we exist as a church? So let me go back to our, our real our, our purpose of why we exist. And hopefully, every church has some sort of version of this. But we say it this way we exist to help people discover life in Jesus. And to learn to walk in his ways. What we really mean by that is it's not just we want you to become a Christian, but then learn what does that look like as the Spirit of God transforms us and shapes us into the people of God. We learn what it looks like to embody the life of Christ. See, we believe that our faith is not meant for just us here on a Sunday morning, that we can sit by each other and be smiley, happy people that are all just, yeah, everything's great, Jesus is in our life, and then that's it. We don't think that that's biblical. Again, God takes us and shapes us into into his likeness. So learning to walk in his ways, that is not a class that you can do in 10 weeks and then you're good to go. This is called a class of life. (laughs) And it takes the rest of life of learning what it looks like to walk with Jesus. It's very different in each phase of life. And we believe that why one of our strengths of being multi-generational is that we can learn from one another. Uh, I'm leaning on where my wife and I are looking. We have, you know, in the next half, you know, five, six years. We're going to be empty nesters. Uh, And then I think you become nesters again, right? Is that how it goes nowadays? But we're going to have a season of that. Like, we're going to need to learn what does life in Christ look like in that season of all of a sudden it's just us. And, And that's why I love that there's other generations, people who've been before us, who can walk us through that and say, here's, here's what we learned in that season. So when we say, discover life in Christ, learn to walk in his ways, that is, that life of the Spirit of God in and through us. Now, we do base this on Scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He says this, uh, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we know that God has called us. This is called the Great Commission. What he tells Christians to do is to go and make disciples, help people discover life in me. And disciples aren't just people who are forgiven. They're people who are learning to walk the Spirit of God. So that's our, our core purpose, why we exist. Now, and part of this is what do those disciples look like? Well, we believe that as disciples being transformed, that we want to be people who love God and love others. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, vision. Vision's a little different. This is a little more specific, unique to us. And, and, you know, you can't capture it all in a phrase. Really, I like to capture it in goals. But one of the ways we want to say it is this. We dream of being a multiplying church. We have this for you on the screen that you can look at. Uh, reaching future generations for Jesus and building up disciples who live in mi- on mission in everyday life. So this is just a little unique f- way of looking at The Great Commission is, okay, for us, multiplying church. We don't want to just be about us. We're not trying to become a mega church. We want to be a church where we're reproducing leaders and groups, and eventually we believe new campuses and and church plants are the best and most effective way to reach people for Christ. So we don't want to be stagnant. We want to be a church that's focused on that. The kingdom of God, Jesus described it as a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds that grows into this bush in the field where the the birds can rest, meaning that with small things, the kingdom of God is always advancing and growing. Now, reaching future generations, we'll talk about that later. As a church, we do believe that we want to reach our kids and our youth and the families Uh, Statistically, we know that over 70% of people receive Christ before uh, they finish college. So the idea of leaning in and trying to reach future generations, we know that that is the time when we want to focus on reaching people for Christ and raising them up. That doesn't mean that we forget about everyone else. It just means that we put our efforts, we put more of our efforts there of reaching those future generations and building up disciples who live on mission. Again, what does this look like? Jesus said this in Mark chapter 12, verse 20. He said this, or verse 30 and 31. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. As we become complete in Christ, we want to be people who understand what it means to love God with our whole hearts, and then to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love those around you. Again, it's not meant just to be kept inside. So when we think of that, that is the basis, that's kind of the big piece of who we want to be. Now, how do we structure? You've heard this, and some of you have been around, so you've heard this stuff before, but I think it's important that we remind ourselves each year. We structure ourselves. We kind of have a few, three things we talk about. We talk about home, family, and movement. And I just want to go back to that and remind you of it. The first phase or structure that we always talk about is this. We want to be a home for those who are lost and wandering in their faith or those who are searching for God. When we talk about that, we believe that our way of reaching people is we want to be a community that is home for the lost, that someone who, if you're seeking whether you know Jesus or maybe you're just seeking, you're interested, maybe you're not interested, but when you are around people of Seacoast in the neighborhood, in the grocery store, on our campus, that you say, I feel like these people care about me and they love me. We want it to feel like home. That's why we focus on it. We have phrases like radical hospitality. We want to be the type of place where if you walk on campus, no matter how you look, how you dress, the decisions you make, that you are home here. And that is at the heart of God. That is at the heart of God. And we want to be that home. I want you to think back for a moment. For some of you, this will be very clear. And for others, maybe it's hard to remember. But do you remember a time in your life when you were not a Christian or maybe you just weren't interested? Maybe you believed, but you just weren't really interested in it. And can you recall a time when you maybe met some Christians who introduced you to Christ or you showed up at a church for the first time and what was that like for you? What was that like? What did it feel like? What we want to do when we think about this is we want to be the kind of place when that someone says, man, I walked on campus for the first time and trust me, I hear this story all the time here at Seacoast. I haven't been to church for 20 years and I came onto campus today, and I don't know why. Do you know how many times I've heard that? I've heard that multiple times in the last few months, and I showed up. And you know what? How that first experience goes could be the difference in that person wanting to stay, stick around and learn more or saying, oh, yeah, those Christians were exactly as I assumed they were. <laughs> we want to be home for the lost. Jesus said this. In Luke chapter 5, verse 32, he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said, I came that those who are far from me and wandering from me would come to know me. That's at the very heart of Jesus. That's why he came. That's why we exist as a church. So we want to be a home for the lost and the wandering. One of the ways we do this is, is trying to create those environments where people feel welcome and then where they can encounter God. So, how can you participate? What can you do with this area? I want to give you, on each of these, we want to give you some steps you could take. So here's the ne- here's what you can do on this for home for the lost. Here's some things. Go ahead and put that on the screen for you. First thing is this. You can participate in this by, first of all, praying. We gave you the challenge. Uh, we, we, the blessed series we did a little while ago, and the practice, we begin with prayer. We want you praying for those who do not know Christ. We want you to be praying for your friends, for the people even you don't know, but let's be a church that's trusting that God is moving in hearts. You might say this, how can my prayers make a difference in someone's life? Isn't that their decision? How does prayer really work? Let me tell you, I don't know how prayer really works, but I know that it works, and I know that God tends to move. Uh, There's been some people I've been praying for. In fact, I had a friend the other day who I, I play basketball with him, and and i'll be honest so i give you this challenge to pray for five people right this friend is someone i know well i play basketball with him like two days a week we know each other well i literally said to the lord this in, in before easter i said i'm not putting him on my list because i know he's unreachable like <laughs> literally i said that to god and he's like you're such an idiot ryan but anyway it's like no i'm not i'm putting my efforts in like i'm going to pray for the people who these people are going to change but not him I'm not kidding, and I don't think he's listening to this sermon right now. So, but I, so I, I said, I'm not praying for him. Not because I don't love him and I don't want him to know Jesus. I just thought, I'm going to focus on, the, on the, the easiest ones. Okay, so Friday, <laughs> I saw him. We're hanging out. And, and I was, uh, we were waiting to play and I had my laptop open and I was working on some stuff for church. And he goes, oh, you doing your church stuff? And I was like, yeah, I am. He goes, what do you call that that you do on Sundays? What is that called? And I'm like, oh, I didn't know what he was talking about. It was like a sermon. He goes, that's what, that's it. <laughs> and then he goes, well, what are you teaching on right now? I said, oh, we just finished this series about relationships. And, and he starts asking, he goes, oh, you know, I, I went to church a few times as a kid. And he starts telling me his life story and his faith journey. And I was like, well, that's great to know, but I'm not praying for you, dude. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) We can't have this conversation. (laughs) Man, right there, I was just thinking, Lord, who is out of your reach? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is. And when we pray and just say, God, we want to be open to you, we don't know what he can do. It's amazing. So I have a new name on my list, by the way. (laughs) What other ways you can participate? Join a Sunday team. You can make a difference in someone's life by being kind, by being that smiling face, by being there to say, hey, how are you this morning? Welcome to Seacoast. There are some people who haven't had anyone smile at them in a whole week. And some people come on campus on the first time, they have not been greeted by, um, by anyone in a grocery store, by their neighbors, sometimes not even in their own family. There was chaos in the drive over here. And those who are participating in our Sunday morning teams the greeters, the hospitality, what you do may seem like you're just filling a role. Oh, the church needs volunteers. I see it bigger than that. I actually think you could be the moment in someone's life that is an eternal decision. That smile, that welcoming, that something in that moment can be the difference in someone's life. Between them saying, hey, I want to come back. I want to lean in. I want to know more. Or my heart is now open to being closed off. Join a Sunday team especially if you have a great smile and you're friendly. If you're grumpy in the morning, we have other teams for you. (laughs) But those of you who are not grumpy in the morning, be a part of radical hospitality. And even if you're not on one of the teams, you can do this. Let's create that environment here. Let's not let people wander through the campus without being greeted and gotten to know. You never know what's going on in someone's heart in their life. There's this movie called What Women Want. Um, I I studied it a lot when I was a bachelor, like, okay, I need to learn this because I had all the answers. No, I didn't. But in this, there's this one scene in that movie, it's a Mel Gibson movie, where he could, something happened where he could hear the the voices of, of women inside their head. So, okay, really great movie, right? But there's one scene in it when there's somebody who he worked with, he heard her, she walked by and in her thoughts, she said, even if I never showed up again, no one here would ever notice. Nobody cares. I remember when I saw that scene, and I thought, oh, that's terrifying. I was a youth pastor at the time, and I was thinking, I wonder how many kids feel that way, but I wonder how many of you or people you know might have that thought going through their head. No one would ever notice if I wasn't here. Let's not be that kind of church. Let's not be that kind of church. You with me on that? All right, so the other one is this, grow in your own walk and your own love for others. Hey, you know what, how can you be, help be a home for the lost and wandering? Is let's focus on growing ourselves. You have not arrived, okay? You have not arrived. You have room to grow. Do you agree with that? Look at the person next to you and say, you have room to grow. Let them know, let them know. <laughs> I love how married couples always just like, I'm not saying it, I am not saying it too much conversation after that okay you have room to grow we all have room to grow and so we want to be a church that's always saying god what do you want to teach me this year this summer we're going through a series we're calling it the good life and it is not saying hey as a christian everything's perfect it's saying no we it's actually a series of walking with the spirit and what does the fruit of the spirit look like as the holy spirit produces that in us and how even through the hard times the good times ups and downs that we experience this life in Christ. So we want to grow and grow in our love for others. So that's how you can participate. Okay, the next thing is this, part of who we are. Oh, and by the way, um, p- part of that is we have, we, we have a dream. This year, now our five-year dream is pretty big of how many people we want to see receive Christ, but this year we want to see 50 decisions for Christ and 50 baptisms. We're praying for that, and if God says, and someone says, well, why do you put a number to it? And I said, well, what number do you think God would put to that? If you ask them, how many people do you want to accept Christ? What number would God put? Okay, probably more than 50, right? So I'm shooting low. But we believe that we want to pray for that and, and lean in on it and just say, Lord, we're just trusting you to move. And if that number's bigger, great. If it's smaller, that's okay. But are we planning and praying and trusting God to move that way? Okay, next thing is this. We say we're a family of disciples being transformed by the good news of Jesus. So this is your connect piece, connecting in the life of the church. Uh, That's who we want to be. Colossians 1.28 says this. We proclaim Jesus, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so we may present everyone complete in Christ. In other words... As a church, we're a family of disciples being transformed. We want to be complete in Christ. And complete is another way, really, of saying mature in Christ. We're growing. You will not be complete until you are in heaven. <laughs> and even there, you don't become infinite. But So we're always growing. But our goal is that we are in that process of admonishing one another, growing in our faith. Now, part of this middle piece of being a family of disciples means that we're connected to the church and to one another. So this is our piece where we say, we want, we want everyone who's a part of Seacoast to find somewhere where you serve. Join a team, participate in that way, serve somewhere, connect in your church. The other one is this, is we believe that life is better when we do it with others. Community is our middle name around here, literally. Some of you take a while on that, but yes, it is literally our middle name as a church. We believe that life is meant to be lived with one another. So we do encourage you to connect in a group, and these can be life groups, we have different men's groups or women's groups, just some group where you are not the only one, because when you're the only one, guess what? You're always the smartest one there. And if you're the only one, you're always the most mature one in that group. And if you're the only one, you have nothing to learn from anyone but yourself. We do believe that life is meant to be lived together. So how can you participate? Connect in your church and service, and the other is connect with others. Join a group. We have easy steps for that. Uh, We have a thing called Rooted. That's an eight-week-long group that you could join to start. Uh, We'll be launching those. Uh, We just finished one, so we'll be launching a new Rooted group here in the coming months. But uh, little things like that, connect with others. Find a way. And all of these will give you how to do that in a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12 says this. It says that um, some are, are assigned to be evangelists and some are apostles, some are teachers. All God appoints some to equip the saints for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, connecting in our church is we're all in this together. It's not resting on a staff, it's not on people who God has appointed to work in full time ministry, it's on all of us together be equipped to build up the church. You are in ministry. Did you know that? If you are a Christian, you are called to ministry. Maybe not vocational ministry, but you're called to ministry to participate. Okay, last one is this, and we talk about is we're a movement of people blessing the communities or blessing the neighborhoods in which we live, work, and play. We want to be people who, again, this is rooted in the idea that life is not just for us. It's meant to be lived with others. It's meant to be lived for others. We are blessed to be a blessing. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12. He says this, we are God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has Prepared us, He's shaped us and created us for good works that we may walk in them. So around here, you hear us th- talk about things like love Encinitas. Now, I know some of you don't live in Encinitas, and you live in Carlsbad, you live in Solana Beach, you live in other places. We love your cities too. But God has placed this church in Encinitas. So why do we say love Encinitas? We believe we're blessed to be a blessing even as an organization. So we want to care for our community right here. So that's why we participate. We continued our partnership this last year with Sunset uh, High School, which is an alternative high school right around the corner. Why we've had that partnership for about five or six years now where we have even been able to do some uh, mentoring. But we do encourage, uh, really have built a lot of bridges with the parents. I mean, sorry, with the uh, teachers and with the staff. But we continue that ministry. And it's a slow-going ministry as far as getting to the point where we can introduce people to Christ. But it is an opportunity for us to walk in the good works God has prepared for us to do. Our partnership with the Community Resource Center, we continue that. Uh, We've actually, our Seacoasters alone have given about, they give about 2,000 volunteer hours to the Community uh, Resource Center every year. Just from Seacoast. Isn't that kind of cool to hear? So that's blessing um, our city and walking in that step of love, Encinitas. Um This past year, uh, part of this is we hired a community outreach pastor, uh, Pastor Felipe, who in just a moment I'm going to bring him up. Uh, and part of that was because we wanted to take the next step in our Spanish language ministries. We know that in the neighborhood surrounding Seacoast, over 50% of everyone who lives within a half mile of our church on this side uh, is Spanish-speaking. So we thought, we are here in the neighborhood. We need to do a better job of building those bridges. We used to have an after-school uh, program called Casa de Amistad. We're rebooting that for this year coming up uh, with an after-school program designed to reach people for Christ And in particular, in our Spanish-speaking community, and I want to invite Felipe to come on up now. And uh, we're so glad to have Felipe on staff. It's been fun to get to know him this year. And uh, sometimes he even leads worship for us, which which is great. And uh, but Felipe, uh, I want you to share one step of as we move forward. under our movement piece on our loving uh, Love Encinitas, there's one piece of that that we're calling Bria, which is, uh, I think it's a Spanish word. It is a yeah, Spanish yeah, word. It's yeah, it's a Spanish word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it means shine, and it's uh, shine the light of Jesus, and under that, we're, we're looking at ways that, uh, what does that mean for us, or how can we participate, and what can we expect to see from that as a strategy of love in our community, and eventually leading to building up that base for our Spanish uh, language service.
1: Yeah, well, through Bria, which is a new ministry starting up, the heartbeat of this ministry is to open opportunities for the whole church to be in action as we reach out to our community. Now, it's a bilingual ministry, uh, which means that everything we do will have a Spanish and English context. But uh, as you know, The love of Jesus doesn't care about language. So if you are walking in his light, his light is going to shine through you, even if you say to yourself right now, well, but I don't speak Spanish, so this is not for me. Well, the question is, do you have the light of Jesus in your life, right? Do you have his love? It breaks through every single barrier that you can think of. And the heart of Brilla is to put that in action. So that's going to be what's coming up. Through this ministry.
0: That's great. And then, uh, so this summer, as some of you know, we we also support uh, eight global missionaries and we support four local and regional missionaries. One of those is the Norris family in inner city LA and they uh, participate in an after-school program, which we are gonna model, some, uh, kind of bring that to our campus. So let us know a little bit of this summer, what to expect, and in the, into the fall.
1: Yeah, so part of the a the, the heartbeat is to have a home base where we invite our community. And the after-school program is one of the uh, biggest uh, needs within the communities that surrounds us. So uh, as we welcome families and their children, uh, to uh, be blessed by the service, hopefully for, from, uh, from our church, and it will be that way. Uh, we just want them to feel that heartbeat of Seacoast and to know that we are not indifferent to them, but that we've always loved them, but now we can uh, have a place where they can come and, and really be part of this community uh, through the after-school program as well.
0: Right. Yeah. So we'll be starting part of that this summer. So if you have an interest in that, again, you don't have to speak Spanish. You just have to have the light of Jesus in you. I like that. That's Amen. good. Yeah. So uh, that <laughs> definitely breaks through. And if you've ever been on a mission trip where you didn't speak the language, you do know how far a smile can go, right, in, in an active service. And so um, we'll be launching that, and they'll be tutoring, because one of the things we also are very committed to is we believe that working and breaking the cycle of poverty, education is important. And if you've ever lived in a place where you didn't speak the language in your home, it's very difficult. And so this is our opportunity not only to bless people as Christians and introduce them to Christ, but also to help them uh, break that cycle of poverty through focusing on that after-school tutoring. Uh, there'll be a music element and a sports element. So yes. I know which one I'm smart enough to do. <laughs> so uh, we love that we're doing that. Well, Felipe's going to um, We're gonna uh, transition. He's going to pray for... Our outreach, our local outreach, and yes. in particular this ministry. And you may not understand this prayer, but just trust. Yeah, I
1: guess what we're God's gonna answer. show that uh, exactly that it doesn't matter the language. So if you if you wanna bow your hands, uh, heads, and uh, close your uh, eyes, I'll pray in Spanish. But know that we're praying for the light of Jesus to illuminate all ah. the darkness and for His love to break through and bring more people to His love. Señor, te damos gracias en este día. Ilúmina nos, Señor, y lléanos de tu presencia, que esta iglesia osikos se levante y rompe todas las barreras de oscuridad en tu amor a través de tu luz. Ilúmina nos, Señor, y lléanos de ti en el nombre de Jesús. Amén.
0: Amén. All right, thank you, Felipe. <laughs> so you've heard, so you've heard a little bit about our, our heart for uh, the home family movement, and we just want to to focus one last piece here, because we do talk about we want to reach the next generation. There you are. I saw you in the back. and then I, I want to invite Katie Lothan on up. Come on, Katie. Here we are. Let's welcome her. <laughs> so uh, one of the things, and I'm actually going to step off the stage here, so they don't have to stare at me. But uh, one of our big heartbeats, as, as we've talked about, is focusing on our kids and our students. And uh, Katie is going to share a little bit about um, the vision of what we're doing here, and, and the heart, and how you can be a part of it, and really where we see God leading us, so. Yeah. All right, so there right. you go.
2: Yeah, I was telling my husband that I get to share today, and kind of talk about kids ministry, and youth a bit, and try to get people to step in and come a part of that, and he goes, oh, so the whole guilt trip speech, huh? <laughs> you know how it's going? and at first I was like, no, I, like, there's a need, but I never want to A ministry to feel like a guilt, like, you better step up, you better do this. So I've been thinking a lot this week about this ministry and what to communicate. And first of all, for any of the people in here who are currently volunteers in the kids' ministry, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, because this ministry would not function without you. I am one person who oversees this ministry, but there are so many kids who need to be poured into. So, thank you for those of you who are currently serving. Go ahead and give them a round of applause. Cue applause, cue applause. Um, But as I've been thinking about this ministry, I've been thinking, man, it can be so easy for a call to kids ministry to feel like, hey, we need some babysitters so adults can come into service and the kids are taken care of for an hour. But I mean, think about how many of you guys have been overwhelmed or burdened by kind of the shifts that have been happening, like in the school systems in California, Um, just in the nation as a whole, and how many parents are struggling to figure out what do we do with our kids, where do we send them to school, and what kids are being introduced to earlier and earlier, and then just the social aspects of being a child. How many of you can think back to when you were a kid and what it felt like to be in, in a space where you actually felt seen and known? And I've been thinking about myself. One of the main reasons I stayed at church was because of my teachers and when I got into junior high and high school because of my leaders. Because for whatever reason, I was one of those kids that didn't always fit in. And so I wasn't really liked at my schools, and I felt like a loner, and it took me a while to get friends, but at church, people knew my name. And at church, people told me about this God who loved me, and they saw me, and they prayed for me, and I'd come back and they'd say, Hey, Katie, how did that thing go? How are you doing with that? And so when I think about kids' ministry, there's this opportunity to come in and partner with parents to be an extra influence to say, Jesus is enough. Like everything that you're searching for and hoping for and all the pains and hurts and all of the confusing things that you're hearing, let's, let's go, let's look at Jesus, let's look at what he has to say, let's look at the Bible, let's, let's look at this and believe that it's true. And let me love you, let me come alongside you, let me build you up. So for kids ministry, it really is this big call it's, it's this beautiful opportunity to step in and partner and to be an influence. Like, I don't know about you guys, for any of you who were raised in the church, I think back to when I was growing up, and it's like, yeah, Paul and Judy Carroll, they taught the fifth and sixth graders every Sunday second service. That was the service all the fifth and sixth graders wanted to go to. There are these people I can remember who influenced me. And every single one of you has the opportunity to be a part of that. So I want to make that invitation and say, come join me in this really beautiful thing so that we can bless parents, so that they can come and be filled up and have community and, and be free to sit and receive and feel like their kids are being saved and loved, to pour into these kids to make them feel safe and loved, and to just talk about truth. So there's that like beautiful invitation where it's like, No, kids' ministry is not babysitting. It is probably one of the biggest things that we're doing here at this church, because when all of us grow old and get into a different type of diapers, those younger ones are going to be the ones who are raised up and sitting here and raising their own kids. So you can be a part of that. The flip side is there is a reality. So I want it to be this, like, beautiful, sweet invitation it's like, yeah, come join me. Come join this team. But the reality part of it is I don't have enough people. And this is where my husband would say, pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. But again, I want you to think of the invitation, but just know we need help. As I was looking at my summer volunteers, all of them are people who are returning. They just taught nine months in the school year, and they're returning from the summer, and I still don't have enough. And I was looking and I, and I was thinking, I could make this work really well if I cut to one service. Two, I am stretching it, and, and I'm, I'm struggling to make this fit. So there really, really is a need. Realistically, our youngest ones, Gromlot, I need, for, just to make summer happen, I need like three to five more people. And even with that, that the Gromlot right now, we have ages zero to three, which is way too big of a span. And even my teachers are coming to me and saying, this isn't working well. We can't really serve these kids as best as we could because of this age range. So we need to reopen our twos and threes class, which has been shut down since COVID. So I need a whole nother slew of volunteers to look at these little two and three year olds who are still wide eyed and full of wonder and full of excitement and to say, yeah, I can love them. I can step in, I can serve them, I can give them a safe space. We need some extra subs for the summer. And then for our fifth and sixth grade team, what I really, really am hoping, I'm hoping to make a little bit of a shift where we can maybe get like some young adult couples who will kind of see it as like a small group that they own. Have someone who's teaching in there, but then ch- a couple of couples for second service who will own it and say, you know what, we're gonna begin this transition. They're gonna be in high school or junior high soon. And so we want them to get that feel of consistency with people where you can break into little small groups. So any young adult couples in here who are interested in something like that, there's a need for sure. Um, The final thing, youth is in the same need, it needs the same kind of help and, and dedication and heart and desire to pour into the next generation. And really this is huge kingdom work that we have the opportunity to do here. In the fall, I'm hoping for more consistency. I'm hoping people will look and say, I will volunteer every Sunday or every other Sunday so the kids can see consistent faces and say, this is my class. Those third and fourth graders, they are mine. They're going to see me all the time. I'm going to know them. They're going to love seeing my face. I just have this vision of growing consistently, but I can't carry out that vision without you guys. So that's the invitation. Kids ministry is an exciting thing here. They're just a hoot and a half, to be perfectly honest. So, um, yeah, would you prayerfully consider if God is calling you to this? For some of you, I need to quickly prayerfully consider because summer starts on June 5th. But for the fall, even, could you ask yourself and ask God, could I be a part of that? Is this what you're calling me to? All right, that's kids' ministry. Thanks, guys. I believe we are calling up Sir Moses. Sir Moses a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. To celebrate our seniors.
0: Thanks,
3: Katie. I appreciate it. Hey, guys, my name is Moses. I get the special privilege of being the student pastor to seventh to twelfth graders. Um, and just like Katie and Pastor Ryan was talking about this morning, we at Seacoast love students and their families. And we really do think that uh, Seacoast is a place for kids and families to belong, to be known, and to discover life in Christ. Uh, and so, uh, At the second service, we're gonna get a chance to celebrate our seniors. Um, And I don't know if you had a chance to see or smell outside yet, but we've got some cake that we're celebrating um, for Promotion Sunday. Sixth graders going into seventh grade, eighth to ninth, and then seniors graduating. It's an incredible time. And we just really want to leverage this moment of a season of uh, not normal things. We wanted to make it a celebration. So we've got cake, so in the name of Jesus, please go grab some cake and celebrate with uh, the whole Seacoast family. Um, And one of the things I want to do before we transition back uh, to our time together, I just want to pray for our families and for Seacoast in general. So if you just bow with me and let's pray. Jesus, thanks again for your love and how you've adopted us uh, in the Bible. You've, you've called us into your family, and you've given us this incredible um, status in your family that we're, just, we're heirs to the throne now because, uh, because of you, because of the work of the cross and the resurrection. And that's just such good news for us, uh, that we're new creation, and that just changes everything. God, we pray for the families at Seacoast uh, as, they're raising their, as they're raising their kids to become students, students to become adults. God, that you would just give them a special uh, just dose of your grace and of your presence and of your wisdom, um, that they would just believe that the work they're doing is holy work and, and righteous work and, and work for the kingdom. God, we pray that you would strengthen and encourage them in in the day-to-day, God, that you would give them glimpses of your goodness, um, in, even in even in the, uh, the ordinary and the routine. God, we thank you for a church like this that's committed to uh, serving your kingdom by serving your families. Uh, we love you. We ask all this in your name.
0: Amen. All right. Let's thank Moses and, uh, and and Katie. We're coming to the end of our time here, and uh, just want to point out a couple things. We have what we have called our vision report sounds like a shareholders report right uh, this gives a little bit more detail lets you know what kind of missionaries we support as well as uh, the different groups and all the things that we're doing so that's on the back there and also in just a, a, as we end our service we will get to a time where we actually ha- invite you to be a part of uh, approving next year's budget as well as one of uh, a new elder which uh, max one of our elders will will close our time with that uh, we're going to close with or we're going to have a song before that but even be as as we get to this, um, you know, we're thinking about our kids' ministry. I know uh, we've kind of cast a little vision of in the future of uh, we, we have d- identified that we do want to do something different with our kids' building. Um, it is just doesn't work the way it used to. Uh, you know, just look at how many doors open to the outside. So we've been trying to think of ways to make it safer. We want ADA accessible. There's no bathroom. So if the kids in the older ages have to use the restroom, they have to leave the building, walk across campus to go. So we knew the building was one of the things we've identified that probably is a hindrance to ministry, especially if we're thinking 30 years from now. So we want to just start, let you know, we're just giving give you a sneak peek. Here's one of the photos. We've done some uh, some reimagining what this space will look like. And so one of the things uh, that we're looking for in this year ahead, though you'll hear a lot more details and get better pictures. Um, But that's uh, some first images of a kid's building that will host a preschool on the bottom floor. Uh, That's actually an entrance into the the church. There'll be a different entrance into the plaza. but there'll be a preschool on the bottom floor and all the ministry spaces on the top floor. We're working on a way that we can do that in a way that even the preschool can help uh, fund some of the building that's in the initial stages, but there's some great ideas. You're gonna be hearing a lot about this in the months to come, but we just want you can just hang out on that picture there. We just wanted to give you a kind of a first sneak peek that we really believe, you know, this building has been there for over 50 years and uh, it, it has been a huge blessing for 50 years. But we want to have a space for the next 50 that is a place that is matching the modern requirements of security, of safety, technology, even size and space. Uh, and and exploring the idea of a preschool to have more families on our campus uh, throughout the week, uh, which there's a line of preschools who would love to partner with us already. We could have that done tomorrow if we needed to. Um, But we're already thinking about all of that and exploring. We'll be putting together a committee that will help us with that. And uh, this will require more than a budget, (laughs) by the way. And so you'll be hearing a little bit about this step of faith, or we'll invite the church to participate in that, in a capital campaign, which I don't know the last time it happened here, at least not the years I've been at Seacoast. And I've never, as a lead pastor, had to go through that, so I will be leaning on others um, of what that looks like. But we really believe that God's inviting us to this. Um, again, It works for now, but we want 50 years from now for someone to say, I'm so glad the church was forward-thinking. So we want you to see that, the kind of first view, first glance. You'll be hearing a whole lot more in the months to come. If this is something on your heart, I've already had a few people volunteer to say, I would love to be a part of the team to help push that project forward. If that's your gift, if you're not gifted with kids, if you're grumpy in the morning, but you're good at this kind of stuff, You can join that team, and that would be a blessing to the church as well. So I want to invite you. Would you stand? We're going to sing one final song, and then Max will close out our service after that. So uh, let's just give this time to the Lord. God, we thank you for um, all of these ideas and thoughts. And, of course, there are hundreds of more plans for the year. But thank you that you're leading and inviting us. God, we give you our hearts in this church, and we trust you with it. We thank you in Jesus' name.